Hi, and welcome to Inglewood Presbyterian Church in Kirkland, Washington. We are a church for the neighborhood, whether you're a local neighbor or from far away, all are welcome here. We are pleased to present to you our weekly Sunday sermons. Our head pastor is James Cuman, and you can find more information about us on our website at inglewoodpc.org. This scripture is John 1, 35-42. The following day, John was again standing with two of his disciples. As Jesus walked by, John looked at him and declared, Look, there is the Lamb of God. When John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. Jesus looked around and saw them following. What do you want? he asked them. They replied, Rabbi, which means teacher. Where are you staying? Come and see, he said. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon when they went with him to the place where he was staying, and they remained with him the rest of the day. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of these men who heard what John said and then followed Jesus. Andrew went to find his brother Simon and told him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. Looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, Your name is Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. I love this story in the Gospel of John. There's just so much packed into just these few words that most of us, myself included, simply don't pick up on a quick or first or second read. And the reason, of course, we don't pick those things up is because what happens here is just so utterly normal. There's a couple guys standing around and they see this other guy walk by and the other guy happens to be Jesus, but it's it's a guy. And the first two guys hear a fourth guy say something about Jesus and then they they follow him. They literally like walk and, and follow him and then... They ask where he's staying and he tells them and they go spend the rest of the day together, right? I mean, there's there's not a lot of action here, but this story is rich with meaning for any of us who want to take our Christianity seriously. And it's this, that to follow Jesus means to be with Jesus. To be a disciple of Jesus means to spend time with Jesus, to to literally be with him, to apprentice with Jesus, to to let his character begin to shape ours, presupposes that we are spending time in the presence of the one who loves us. There is no substitute for being with Jesus. There is no Christianity without the presence of Christ. 
And it is the very ordinariness of what's going on in the story that is so helpful and instructive for us. It's the ordinariness that we can learn so much from. Because it's in the ordinary things of life that we meet Jesus. Yes, there's some specifically religious and spiritual kind of environments that are important, but our God who loves us intends for us to be with him and experience him in all the rhythms of everyday life. Now, to think about spending time with Jesus in all the things of everyday life, it's hard for us to think of all the things of everyday life because it's hard to think about everything at the same time. We're limited that way. But to make it a little simpler, uh, we as Inglewood Church have settled on the image of a three-legged stool to sort of communicate for, for us and hopefully for you what this can look like to look for ways to be with Jesus in, again, all the rhythms of everyday life. You see, what we're wanting is a secure, stable, growing, restful life with Jesus. We're looking to, to be with him, to be solid and secure and safe. And there's three kind of modes that we can think of that, to help us think through all the rhythms of everyday life. And to put them very simply, one is everyday rhythms, and I'll get more to that in a minute. One of the legs of the stool is befriending, to be intentional with our relationships with others, to befriend the way God befriends. And then the final leg is gathering, to be with God's people. And when we say everyday rhythms, what we mean is eating, resting, working, playing, exercising. You see, each one of these areas of life we simply need to do to exist physically. If we don't exercise, if we literally lay in bed every day, our bodies will not work well, our life will not go well, and our life will be short. Our bodies, physical bodies, need exercise. In the same way, our bodies need spiritual, if you want to call it that, exercise. God invites us into a life of creativity and effort, but effort that's meaningful and reaps rewards. A life of pushing limits and experiencing life with him. A bit ago, I did a short video on eating along the same lines. The idea of worshiping God can seem pretty abstract. The idea of even knowing God can seem, well, impossible or hopelessly vague. But God, as he shows himself through the story of his people in scripture, is pretty concrete. Just take, for example, well, food. The very beginning story in the Bible, God creates everything. He creates a place that we can live in and gives food to the creatures and to the humans. And the ending of the Bible is a feast in the new city, in the recreated heavens and earth. Food starts and ends and pervades the entire Bible. And here's the thing. On the one hand, it's just necessity. I need fish tacos every so often to work well, and so do you. 
But it goes beyond that. On a spiritual and metaphorical level, we need the presence of God. We need to feed on something that comes from outside of us. Life doesn't actually start inside. Life and life-sustaining energy comes to us from outside of ourselves, which means every single meal should be an experience of worship. And let me tell you, these fish tacos from Asetunos will be an act of worship. Every meal should remind us that God provides and takes care of us for every single need. I noticed that when these first few guys started following Jesus, he invited them to come see, come stay with him. And they did. They stayed the rest of the day. It was about four o'clock. They stayed through dinner. They stayed presumably until some point later that night. Notice what Jesus doesn't say here. Jesus doesn't say, oh, you're, you're interested in what I have to say. Uh, here's my latest book, or hey, you can put it on pre-order on Amazon. What he doesn't say is, well, if you're interested in what I have to say and who I am, I'll be speaking and leading a conversation about the prophet Isaiah in the synagogue next Saturday, which he would also do from time to time, but that isn't what he told these guys. What he said to them was, come and see and be with me. And since it was about four o'clock in the afternoon, they undoubtedly had dinner together. And for the rest of the evening, these guys and the other folks that they went out and invited in spent time with Jesus. But let's not miss this. It may not be a synagogue service, but it is a gathering of God's people. If everyday rhythms are the first leg of the stool, a stable and growing life with Jesus, gathering is the second leg of the stool. Because the, the starting point of the Christian life is saying, Lord Jesus, I give you my life. Make me part of your people. When God set about restoring this world that we had broken, he started with a couple, Abram and Sarah, who were old and, and, and too old to have kids. And they didn't even have kids right away, but eventually they had kids. God is about creating a family and families get together, which again is what Jesus is doing here in this story. He is actually gathering with these guys. Again, it's not a church service. It's not a formal structure, but it is a gathering of God's people. These first few disciples with Jesus. And so, yes, to answer the question before it gets asked, uh, yes, a gathering of two or three people on a back deck is a gathering of God's people. Followers of Jesus who get together, whether in pairs or trios, Jesus himself said, wherever two or three are gathered, there I am in the midst of them. A gathering of any number of God's family together is a meeting of God's family together. And yes, there are limits to the number of people who could fit on our back deck. And even if it weren't for COVID, the, there are limits on the number of people who could fit into our living room. But there is no limit to what Jesus can do in the hearts and lives of God's people as they gather, even if there's just two or three. That all said, if Jesus is in the midst of us when two or three are gathered, how much more when we can get a bunch of people together? 
the reason that we as Inglewood Church and other Christian communities also invest in having buildings is not because the building itself becomes sort of, sort of you know, magical place. Jesus doesn't sleep here at night. But it is because by gathering regularly, having a rhythm of gathering in larger groups, it gives us a foretaste of the kingdom of God where every tribe and language Every ethnic group is included in the richness of God's family together. And if the Holy Spirit is with us individually and certainly in small groups, how much more ought we to, as one early church leader put it, hurry to the larger assemblies of the people of God where the Spirit abounds? It's in places like this, because larger groups that can fit into places like this, where we experience a part of Jesus with us that we're, we're simply not going to get in other ways and places and forms because there's a larger group of Jesus followers here. So yeah, in addition to gatherings online like this, please, let's, all of us, in our weekly and monthly rhythms, be looking for opportunities to be connected with each other, to gather. It, it could be a walk, go for a hike, meet up in a park, get together on a back deck, be together, gather with God's people, and experience the presence of Jesus with you as you do it. Which brings us to the third leg of the stool, the friending. And befriending reminds us not just of our need to get outside and be with people. We befriend because Jesus has befriended us. We befriend because God, even when we wanted nothing to do with him, God came in his mercy, sent his son to redeem us, sent his spirit to empower us, befriended us, drew us in. Which we see in this story, yeah? Jesus walks by and gets the attention of these guys. I almost imagine Jesus with a little smirk and a wink as he's walking by, he's doing his drive-by, and gets these guys' attention and welcomes them to stay with him. And then Andrew goes and gets his brother, Simon, who gets the nickname Peter. And then Philip, if you read the next few verses, goes and finds Nathaniel, and, and on and on and on. The Jesus who befriends leads us to befriend, and we discover the presence of Jesus with us as we befriend other people. And it's this third leg of the stool, along with everyday rhythms and gathering with God's people. It's this rhythm, this practice of befriending is why we will experience Jesus in a stable and rich and growing way, most fully when we are giving ourselves to other people, when we're engaging in these rhythms of listening and blessing and celebrating and story. Story and learning who people are, which of course is gonna mean listening to them, not who we want them to be, but who they actually are, and listening for where God is already at work in their life, even though they don't recognize him yet. Jesus is drawing all people to himself, 
Not that all will respond, but he's drawing all people to himself. So as we reach out to our family, to our friends, to our neighbors, we can be confident we will discover him already at work. And the rhythms of celebrate and bless is where things really get fun. As we get to know people, as we listen to them and we learn their story, we're going to be able to see personal ways that we can celebrate good things in their life with them. Things that you know any of us would recognize like birthdays and holidays, but as God gives opportunity to celebrate things that we sense God doing in them, for them, through them. And yes, to bless. And the reason I'm showing the street up behind me is because on a regular basis on our street, uh, the neighbors getting together and raking leaves together and shoveling snow together is one of the many ways that Liz and I and our family have found to bless others. It's so much fun to see the smile on a face when a neighbor comes out and they find their driveway already shoveled, snow gone, able to get out and on and on and on. Let's be imaginative in the ways that God might call us to befriend, to learn stories, to listen, to celebrate, to bless. And friends, just as those first few guys, and and there were women around very shortly too, just those first few folks found Jesus so good to be around. So we are invited to as well, and not limited to our ability to be in a building, we are invited to live with Jesus in the everyday rhythms of life. All, everything, eating, working, resting, sleeping, playing. To yes, gather with God's people to enjoy the rich relationships that will build and grow as we enter into life together. Whether that's two people on a deck or a bunch of us in a building. And yes, to befriend the people that God puts into our life, that God's family would not just be rich and growing and joyful, but expanding, including, welcoming, adopting. So back to, you know, our regular lives and where we live there's an invitation to us to take each of us, our next steps into life with Jesus. For some of us, it may be an invitation to see every meal as an opportunity for worship. For others of us, it's going to be realizing that we we eat three meals a day, but we don't feed on God's word every day and finding ways to do that. For some of us, it's realizing that There are people in our lives that we could take our next step to befriend. For others, it's going to be a regular gathering with God's people. It's so easy for us to think of ourselves, especially as Americans, as isolated individuals, self-sufficient individuals. And yeah, it just isn't true. We're not independent. We're not self-sufficient. We need Jesus and we need each other. And so let's structure our lives to reflect that reality. So whatever your next step of growth may be today, this week, this month, take it. Poke around on our website, ingwoodpc.org, a page that has this discipleship resource on it, and 
poke around and be attentive to where the Spirit of Jesus is leading you to take your next step into a deeper, richer, more stable and secure life with Him.